Welcome to Celestial Insights, a weekly podcast that brings the stars down to earth. I'm your host, astrologer, coach, and intuitive Celeste Brooks. My purpose is to provide practical, unique, and insightful guidance to help you navigate the energies of the week like a boss. Hello, this is Celeste of Astrology by Celeste, and on this episode, I will discuss the astrology for the week of January 1st, 2023. But first, Happy New Year! 2023 is going to bring some fresh new energy in for us on a personal level as well as the collective. Jupiter, the planet of abundance, will be working on the Aries part of your chart for the first five months and then move into the sign of Taurus for the first time in 12 years. Bring you some ease and flow in a different part of your life. Saturn, the planet of structures and responsibilities, is also going to switch. It's going to move into the sign of Pisces, a very spiritual, watery sign. So we're going to have to work with that energy differently. It's going to be a relief in some ways for us, but also will bring some new challenges. The planet Pluto is also making a huge change. It's moving into the sign of Aquarius for the first time in 240 plus years. So it's going to be as well remodeling a different part of our charts or of our lives where it's going to be stripping away the excess so that we can transform and rebuild in some way. So if you want help understanding how these energies may be impacting you and what you can look forward to and where you should maybe, you know, put your energy into growth rather than fight against restrictions in your life, I suggest you book an astrology reading. You can either do a new beginnings reading if you're not very familiar with your natal chart and want my perspective on your aspects and a lot of different things about your personality, or if you just want to focus on the transits or what's coming up, you can book a return to the stars. So a new beginnings for more of a a deep dive into your chart, return to the stars if you want to focus on what is coming up for you. They can both be booked on astrologybyceleste.com, the service page, And yeah, if you have just like a specific burning question, you can also do a horary. Or if you want some, you know, some intuitive insight, I also have the Astro and the Oracle reading where I pull an Oracle card for each house in your natal chart. So yeah, start the year off great with a present to yourself. And the theme of this week is Great Awakenings. So there are three big things I want you to think about. Number one, we're going to talk about the planet Uranus. Uranus is on a world point of 15 Taurus. And when their planets are points on a world point, events can have a lot more visibility. If you have planets or points on world points in your own chart, there may be something you're especially known for, either in your field or on a higher level on the collective, a lot of 
you know, well-known people have planets on world points. And just as a reminder, the world points and cardinal signs are zero and 22 and a half. The fixed signs are 15 degrees and the mutable signs are seven and a half degrees. So 15 degrees of Taurus is a world point and Uranus is there and it's like Uranus moves very slowly. So we're seeing a lot of things that have significant visibility happening. So Uranus is the first of the outer planets. So it's more generational rather than more personal. And so you typically, when you're looking at your chart, you're mostly looking at what house Uranus is in and not paying as much attention as to the sign. It takes 84 years for it to come back to where it was when you were born. So people will only have one Uranus return in the natural lifespan of a human being. This planet is the liberator. It is the great awakener. So when you have a Uranus transit, you can be awakened to new ways of being and new ways of seeing things or liberate yourself from things or someone else may liberate themselves from you or impacting you. It breaks things. It can be shocks and awe, sudden upheaval. Earthquakes and lightning bolts are both things I associate with Uranus because it's very like sudden big changes. I think of it as the word Eureka, I found gold is very Uranian. So the surprises Uranus can bring can be like great surprises. Winning the lottery could be very Uranian or getting in a car crash. It doesn't have any morality to it good or bad, although the Magi astrologers consider it one of the benefic planets, but a lot of people, you know, associate it with more malefic events. So it can be either or. So freedom and equality are drives that are associated with the planet Uranus. It was discovered in around the time of the French Revolution. So that's an event that was very Uranian, where the people rose up against the aristocracy and the royalty in order to bring more equity to the masses rather than just have this, uh, you know, stratification of the wealth and whatnot. So yeah, people with strong Uranus in their chart, and by strong, I mean it's a conjunct a planet or a point, can be very eccentric. They can also be genius. They can just be a rebel without a cause or one with a serious cause. It can go either way. Yeah, the planet just does things differently. It spins on its side backwards. The way it moves is so in alignment with what it represents. It spends around seven years in a sign, and it's been in the sign of Taurus, which it does not like to be in the Earth sign of Taurus since 2018, and will stay there until 2025, then it'll dance in and out of Gemini until it leaves permanently in 2026. So we've been experiencing this for a long time. Some things we really associate with Uranus, this big change maker in the earth sign of Taurus has been, you know, changes in our food and our resources. Cryptocurrency is a very Uranian thing where, you know, 
There's money coming out of the ether, things like that. The last almost two years, we've been dealing with the Saturn, the planet of structure, in a square with Uranus, the great awakener, the liberator, the change maker. So we've seen structures we thought we could depend on just crumbling. The best illustration of that Saturn square Uranus was that condo building in Miami. One minute it was there, and the next minute, you know, it crumpled to the ground very quickly. And as the investigation has come up, there were problems in the Saturnian structure of the building that had been known, but ignored. And then it was like, boom, you know, something tipped. But yeah, that's the perfect example of Saturn square Uranus, where somewhere in your your life, you're experiencing this transit. And it depends on your chart on how impactful it has been. For myself, I liberated myself from my corporate career when Uranus went over my sun. Uranus on your sun can be like invasion of the body snatchers. It happens slowly, but your identity can significantly switch. And I decided to switch my identity from this corporate person into an astrologer, which is very Uranian. And I have Uranus at my IC, the most private part in your chart. And I was awakened even to myself how much I was uh, different. Anyway, yeah, I guess I had been radical honesty with myself about how I am different and I'm going to be doing things different. And I separated myself from the need of approval of, you know, the collective to do what I feel like is my purpose and my passion being an astrologer, even though it's not approved of by many. But I realized, you know, I don't really care about that anymore. So yeah, so that's one of my experiences. When you have a Uranus transit, it also can be like something very sudden comes in. People have the Uranus opposition, which is a very famous transit around age 42, when Uranus gets to opposite you in your natal chart. And what tends to happen is that people feel either feel the need to separate from something in their lives or other people separate from, enact something that causes separation in your own life in some way. Or there's like this deep drive to free yourself from something. Yeah, so it's called, you know, it's one of those midlife crisis transits where the stereotype is a guy goes out and buys the Porsche and whatever, gets the new girlfriend that's 20 years younger and things like that. Or women like do something radically different, change their hair or whatnot. Anyway, it tends to be when you see people have an outward expression of it, it tends to be a little shocking what they have done. It's the planet of shocks and awe. So people in the collective right now that have strong Uranus are Donald Trump. He has Uranus conjunct his son in Gemini in his 10th house. The 10th house is very public facing. And, you know, he, he like is such a Uranian oppositional, you know, argumentative character where he just seems like the rebel without a cause in some ways and in and, and a cause with other ways. But he's very Uranian who does things shocking that, you know, aren't considered acceptable by a lot of people. That's very eccentric. And that's just who he is. 
we don't know his birth time, but Elon Musk has his son in cancer in a square with Uranus, and he's considered a genius. And he also is very excitable and does like things very suddenly. Yeah, so you can think about him as another person who has a strong Uranian nature to him, which was highly revered for a long time. But now with what he's done with Twitter, he's got Mars retrograde going over his Gemini Venus three times. Yeah, his Venus popularity is really decreasing based on this like these excitable Uranian conflicts he gets into and actions he takes. Yeah, Uranus can also be about stress and separation. You can think about that with Uranus transits as well. Also, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, has three planets in Leo. He has his Mars, his moon, and his Saturn in Leo, and his moon squares Uranus very tightly. His moon in Leo squares Uranus and Scorpio. And he's a very Uranian in terms of being the revolutionary who's working to liberate the people of Ukraine from Russian aggression and oppression. And it was very interesting with Uranus on a world point that he came to Washington, D.C. unexpectedly for a surprise visit. Jupiter was on zero Aries on a world point, then a semi-square with Uranus and Taurus on a world point. Also the sun, it was the day of the solstice, so the sun in Capricorn was squaring Jupiter. So there was all of this energy in the sky about this great warlike Aries leader, Jupiter, Jupiter and Aries is like this bigger-than-life personality that, you know, has a lot of celebrity coming to speak to the Congress, asking for resources and to fight the war, Uranus and Taurus. Taurus resources Uranus, this war, this violation of land boundaries. So on a shadow side, it also can be very destructive or perverse, but on a positive note, it can be, you know, these freedom fighters. And on January 5th, which is Thursday, the sun in Capricorn will trine Uranus and Taurus. So this can be, you may have some awakenings about how you want to build your legacy this week. We are in the waxing phase of the moon cycle. So be present and see how you're inspired about building your legacy. The next thing I want to make you aware of is that Venus, the planet of love, beauty, and harmony, will move into the sign of Aquarius tomorrow. So you can see where that is in your chart. You may get a little sweetness. Venus is one of the benefics who likes to sweeten things, who likes to connect. And Aquarius is a sign of friendship. It's also a sign of brotherly or sisterly love is very Aquarian. So you may be hearing stories about people wanting more freedom in their relationships, people wanting more equitable relationships. These may be the topics that people turn their attention to when this switch happens. And the last thing I want to make you aware of is that there'll be a full moon in Cancer on Friday. 
So the sun will be at 16 Capricorn and the moon will be at 16 Cancer. Cancer is the sign of home, family, and foundations. It also rules a lot about like security, what makes us feel safe on a deeper level. It's a great opportunity with this full moon to think about how a desire to be safe and secure holds you back from seeking Capricorn themes, your legacy, growing yourself, challenging yourself to do the hard things that help you manifest the life that you really want for yourself. And this full moon is part of a Cancer moon phase family that was seeded back in 2021. So there was a new moon on July 9th of 2021 at 18 degrees Cancer. Nine months later, there was an activation of first quarter moon on April 8th of 2022, where the sun was at 19 Aries, moon at 19 Cancer. Now we're at the full moon where the sun will be in Capricorn, the moon in Cancer. And nine months from now, there'll be a last quarter moon where the sun will be in Libra and the moon will be in Cancer. Both of them for that last quarter moon will be at 13 degrees. So if you have planets from between around 10 to 22 or so of the cardinal signs of Aries, Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn, a story that is ongoing that has a longer tail to it may have started back the summer of 2021. You give a glow of about two weeks on either side. You can go back and look at your journals or your calendar to see if you can recognize the story. It can be amazing to really connect these dots in your life when they are impacting you. On Sunday, the word of the day is inspiration. Can you have a bright outlook for the new year? We start the year with the moon exalted in the sign of Taurus, a sign of resources, a sign of sensual pleasures. And I love this because the moon will translate the light from the North Node, which is the point of fate and destiny, to Uranus, the Great Awakener, into a semi-square with Jupiter, the planet of abundance. So can you be optimistic on this day? On this day, also the Mercury, the planet of communication, will be in a sextile with Neptune, the planet of our dreams. Sextiles are opportunities. Mercury in Capricorn will be 22 degrees of Capricorn, sextiling Neptune in Pisces. So can you be inspired to come up with a plan in order to make your dreams happen and manifest what you want for yourself. So think about this as you start this week. I want you to really like feel good about the change that's coming in 2023. At least feel good about what is possible for yourself. On Monday, the word of the day is possibilities. I want you to keep that positive energy flowing as we move into the week. Hopefully you have this day off. The sun will trine the north node. So the sun in Capricorn will trine the north node in Taurus. These are both 
earth signs. Both planets are at 11 degrees. This is manifestation energy. So think about what resources you need, what allies you need in order to grow in the way you want to and manifest your goals in 2023. We're going to have the gibbous moon at 27 degrees of Taurus at 1.17 p.m. Pacific time. The gibbous moon is, you know, the last phase before fullness. So when you look at the moon in the sky, it looks pregnant with possibilities. So try to take a look at it if you can. Keep in mind that that 27 Taurus is right next to Algol, which is at 26, which is the feared fixed star. So there may be some like a little in the collective, some catastrophic news or something related to someone being beheaded in some way. Yeah, keep that in mind if it looks like someone gets beheaded during this week, figuratively is what I'm thinking about. And I'm going to get into it on tomorrow's thing. Yeah. So Venus will then enter the sign of Aquarius at 6.09 p.m. Pacific time. When Venus moves from Capricorn, an earth sign, into Aquarius, an air sign, there may be some lightening of the energy. You may feel more inspired to have connection and conversation with others, as well as topics of freedom and fairness and equality and relationships will come up. The moon will then enter the sign of Gemini, another air sign at 6.44 p.m. Pacific time. So the moon trine Venus is a really nice aspect where people will be coming together to have conversations. Yeah, be very interesting. On Tuesday, the word of the day is intrigue. I'm really interested to see what happens. This is January 3rd, and it's the day when... Congress needs to have a new leader of the House, and it's going to be a Republican since they have the majority. And Kevin McCarthy has been positioning himself to be leader of the Speaker of the House for many years. But it's really interesting. We have his exact birth time, and he is a Gemini rising And he has Saturn in his 10th house natally, which can be an indication, not always, but can be an indication that sometimes people with Saturn in their 10th can have some kind of fall from a position of power and authority. And he has Saturn traveling there natally. And he's a Gemini rising. So Mars retrograde is in his first house. And he has Venus conjunct Mercury and Capricorn, which is what's going on in the sky, but Mercury's retrograde. Now, Jupiter is on his part of fortune, which can indicate, you know, a success, but Jupiter's on nemesis. And with, you know, the moon phase being that Algol symbolism, which I talked about for yesterday, he's not having any bad transits, but just kind of watching what's going on, except for Mars retrograde in his first house. And Mars and the moon are going to join on this day in Gemini. So Mars can sever and separate. Yeah. So I don't know if there'll be a lot of subterfuge, some people who are his nemesis, you know, behind the scenes doing some upheaval reversal that he does not wind up being the speaker. He winds up losing the position. I'm not going to make a prediction about it. It could go either way. I mean, just looking at his chart, it looks like mm, it could be, but Uranus is involved. Uranus is on his Jupiter, 
which is abundance and squaring his midheaven, his career line. So with Uranus, you always expect the unexpected. There can be breaks, shocks and awe. So we'll see what happens. He's, you know, working hard to get these votes from people who don't want to give them to him. So we'll see. I have my popcorn ready. So on Wednesday, the word of the day is allies. So think about who you want to align yourself with especially at work. I think this is a good thing to think about also in like any of like, like communities or groups that you're associated with. Venus will be at one degrees of Aquarius in a sextile with Jupiter, also at one degree of Aries. Now remember Jupiter's on nemesis. So, you know, be careful who you trust, but yeah, this is another reason, like it looks like it could be good for Kevin McCarthy, but there's that underlying thing. But there may be people in the scenes, behind the scenes, you know, making deals in order to gain prominence. Venus and Jupiter are the benefics. And when they're talking, it gives us in this sextile, an aspect of opportunity. This can be really nice where you can align yourself with someone. Someone could win the lotto with this transit if they have planets around there. Hmm, I'm going to buy a lotto ticket. I have my midheaven. It's right near my midheaven. Hmm. On Thursday, the word of the day is Eureka. This is the day that the moon enters the sign of Cancer at 6.14 a.m. Pacific time. Cancer is water energy, so there can be a lot of soft, tender internal feelings or desires for safety and security, that sort of thing, or just to have a great meal or nurture yourself. And this is the day the sun will trine Uranus, putting a spotlight on like maybe some great ideas or from brilliant things. We may see something like an earthquake or lightning strike with this trines, our easy flow of energy. It'll be very interesting to see if this has something to do with... Um, Congress, if there's news about that, who knows? On Tuesday, there may just be one vote. I'll let you know. As you see, I'm fixated on what is going to happen with the Congress. It may be nothing out of the ordinary, but we'll see. On Friday, the word of the day is honesty. We'll have a full moon at 16 degrees of Cancer at 3.07 p.m. Pacific time. And so I want you to be radically honest with yourself about, you know, how you're holding yourself back based on fears. On this day before the full moon, the moon will square Chiron and Aries. So, you know, it may trigger some tender parts of yourself that really show yourself maybe where you have some feelings where there's a self-esteem issue or something or feelings of imposter syndrome. So just be honest with yourself what these things are and how are you awakened with the sun trying Uranus to move forward in spite of anything you feel like that you don't deserve. Yeah, think about that. On Saturday, the word of the day is brilliant. Mercury will go through the heart of the sun in what's called Mercury Kazemi. Mercury will retrograde into the sun at 4.56 a.m. Pacific time. This is a very internal experience where you want to take a few minutes to like 
Get quiet and great ideas, brilliant ideas may come to you. The moon will enter the fire sign of Leo at 6.40 p.m. Pacific time. I love a Leo moon. It's fun. It's fiery. It's feisty. Go out, have a nice time on this evening. You know, socializing with other people is a great thing to do on a Leo moon. Let your inner child come out. So that's it for this week's episode. Feel free to email me at Celeste at astrologybyceleste.com with any astrology and action stories. Take care and I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Celestial Insights. To learn more about my work, please visit my website, astrologybyceleste.com, where I offer personal readings, horary consultations, cosmic coaching, group events, and classes to help guide people to higher levels of fulfillment. You can also find me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook at Astrology by Celeste. If you enjoyed Celestial Insights, please help others find the show. Follow, rate it five stars, or write a nice review. I would so appreciate it. I'm astrologer, coach, and intuitive Celeste Brooks, and I'll be back next week. 